everyone. This is Charlie Lofton, and welcome to the Grove Church's Cultivate podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you've been around for the last few episodes, we are in the middle of a series where we're looking at a lot of verses that typically get misunderstood, mistranslated, just kind of just generally abused. And so we have these verses and we, we think that we know what they means, but that's often that's not what that says. And, and so we, we talked about, you know, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God's not going to give me more than I can handle. Those kinds of things that somehow we, 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 we honestly, very often, it's like, we don't even know what the verse says, much less what it means. And so we're going to do a few more of these. And I think ultimately by the time we do, you know, four, five, six, seven of these, we're going to start noticing some categories. And this one is going to fall into several of those categories of kind of the way that certain verses or ideas get misunderstood when we are you know, trying to understand these different scriptures. And so this one, very popular one, is that you can find in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. And the way that it is said, and obviously I'm not quoting the verse here, but this is what people say, is you know that the Bible says that money is the root of all evil. And so something will happen where, you know, somebody gets in trouble with money, a rich person does something, or somebody who's trying to get rich does something. Well, you got to be careful. You know, money is the root of all evil. And then we'll say that that's what the Bible says. Now, with some of these, like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, no one is misquoting that verse. You're just misunderstanding what Paul means by all things. And you have to look around at the context for it. But one of the ones that we looked at recently where uh, the verse in Romans, and it says that God is working all things for good. He's And that's just not only are you misinterpreting that, but that's not what the verse says. And so, in fact, it's important for me that you know that there is nowhere in the Bible that it says that money is the root of all evil. If you go actually to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, you will see this. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. We should finish the verse because we don't want to quote half a verse. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So the Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. What it says is, is that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And so if we just add those few words there, then you obviously recognize that the Bible, that this is very different than what we think that it says. It's not saying that money is the root of of evil. It is the love of money that is the root of evil. And it doesn't say it's the root, the root of all evil, but a root of all kinds of evil. And so it's not money, it's the love of money. It's not the root, it's a root. And so it could be just one of many causes and it's not every type of evil, it's all kinds of evil. And so what happens is we oversimplify this verse and we misquote it. Rather than saying the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, we say that money is the root of all evil. And so we oversimplify things, which very much... And I would say this is a common thread in most of these verses that we're looking at is that we are craving a certain level of simplicity. We want the Bible to have simple answers to simple questions, but the world has nothing but complex questions. And the answers that the Bible gives are often very complex. And so we crave for simple and easy answers. And the Bible actually gives real complex answers to real complex problems. 
Another thing why I think in particular why we have misquoted this verse is that if we switch it from the love of money to money, it actually then absolves us from our own responsibility. It's not my fault if money is evil, but money is in fact not evil. It is not possible for money to be evil. You take a $5 bill out of your pocket and you put it on the table. It's not capable of doing anything evil. It's in fact not capable of doing anything. It is, it is not money that is evil. It is what someone chooses to do with money or what's how someone chooses to think, feel, act with money. That is the thing that can be evil. But if I can make it about this third-party entity, money is evil, then it's not my fault. I just got caught up in something that happens to be evil. This is a little bit off topic, but this is what I do. It's my own podcast. Um, We do the very same thing with sex and sexuality. Sex in and of itself has its own, it it has a morality to it. Sex, Sex is evil. Sex is dangerous. Sex does not have the ability to be that. Sex is, does, is not a moral choice. It is not as a moral being. It is something that is done. It is an activity. It is our mindset about it or the way that we use this activity that has the potential for being morally good or morally bad. Money is not in and of itself morally good or morally bad. How we choose to use it, how we choose to think about it has the capacity to do both. If I... If I use money, my money to bring hurt to someone else, then money then could theoretically be thought of as evil. But that same money that I could use to cause someone harm, I could feed someone who is hungry. So money has the ability to do good or to do bad, but it cannot do it in and of itself. It is us. And I think that that is a very important point, even though it's, you know, on the one hand, it can seem kind of obvious. I want to 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 drill that point home because I, I think it's important that we not put ourselves, that we not try to absolve ourselves from our own moral responsibility for our choices. You did not get caught up in the dangers of sex. You did not get caught up in the dangers of money. You took something that is in and of itself morally neutral and chose to do something immoral with it. And I think another reason why, in particular with, with money, it's not just that it gives us absolution, but I think most people, you know, most people, certainly just about everyone who is listening to this podcast, we're not, no one here is going to consider themselves rich. Like, I'm, I'm rich. If money is the problem, then the only people who are experiencing all of this evil are people with too much money. This becomes a rich person problem. I don't have enough money to be getting into all kinds of evil. So it's not my problem. This is a rich person's problem. Money is the root of all evil. I don't have enough money or I've only got a small amount of money. So I'm only able to get into a little bit of evil. But the people who have a lot of money, they're getting to all all the evil. But if it's the love of money, if it is the, the unhealthy pursuit or obsession with money, then that is not something that I can absolve myself from. Money didn't do it. And it does not matter how much money that you currently have, how currently wealthy you are or your relative wealth compared to other people. That doesn't matter. What matters is my heart and attitude and decisions that I make with it. 
And so um, I think it's really important that we nail down this idea that it's not, it's not money, it's the love of money. But then again, what, there's another part of this too. It doesn't say it's the root of all evil. It's a root of all kinds of evil, which again, the, the difference there is significant. It is not the absolute cause of every evil. It is a cause of a lot of different types of evil. And so I think it's important if we're going to ever quote this verse or we're going to think this verse, you know, you know, have this verse in our repertoire that we know what it says. And then I think it's going to be important for us to know what, what did Paul mean when he said it? And as always, if you've been around for any part of this kind of sub-series of our Cultivate podcast, we're talking about that's not what that says, you know that we are about to spend a little bit of time in the context. So we will actually start in verse 2 of 1 Timothy chapter 6. So Paul, who's kind of this missionary kind of mercy, who's kind of planted a lot of churches, writing this to Timothy, who is a young pastor. And he's got these teachers that are kind of floating in and around his church that are teaching false things. And Paul is addressing with Timothy how to deal with them. These are the things you are to teach and insist on. Verse 3, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicion, and constant friction between people of a corrupt mind. So we'll pause here for a second. So we've got these teachers that are teaching different, differently than, than what the gospel is. And, and so Paul is trying to be very clear with Timothy. He's like, here's the gospel. Here's what Christian morality, Christian faith, and living it out. Here's what it looks like. This is what you're supposed to teach, verse 2. And if anybody teaches anything other than what the essential nature of what the gospel is and how Christ has called us to live, then there's something wrong with them. And he starts just going off on them here, right? They're conceited. They don't understand anything. They're just stirring up controversy for controversy's sake. They, they're, they're trying to stir up envy and strife and suspicions and they're trying to make all, all this constant friction that there's these teachers out there and they're really trying to use their different way of looking at it and their different perspective or whatever, their different gospel. They're doing this and, and it has the result of division, controversy, friction, and those kinds of people, they're conceited, and we shouldn't have anything to do with them. But he continues on. Verse 5, constant friction between people of a corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. So now not only are they just you know malicious people trying to cause division, Paul's saying, hey, these people are actually using their controversial teaching in order to make themselves wealthy. Now, at this point, I think most people have at least some group, some Christian or Christian-adjacent group that you might would want to put into this category that have some new, seemingly controversial type of teaching, and it seems to be a means by which that the leaders of this movement or the preachers or whatever, they're essentially teaching this in order for them to become financially wealthy. It is a means for them to financial gain, that they're just, there seems to be some some teachers and movements out there that really seem to be built around a particular person or group of people making themselves wealthy. I will not list any of them for now. It's different people, it's different groups that could very easily put in this category, but I'm sure that we can all think of a couple that would that this would apply to. Verse six, but godliness with contentment is great gain. 
So here's the contrast that he's making, that these people are teaching these controversies and they think that that being good and following their way is a way to get make themselves wealthy. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness is a means to financial gain contrasted with godliness with contentment is great gain. So you don't, you don't gain anything by increasing your finances, but if you are content with where you are and are godly, that is where gain is. Kind of a bit of a play on words. Verse 7, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. And there you go. There's, there's something that you may think the Bible doesn't say, but in fact, at least this somewhat come from the Bible. You can't take it with you. Is in fact what he's saying there. It's obviously not a quote, but it is the general spirit of what Paul is saying there. We brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So if you've got what you need, you, we need to learn to be content with that. But those who want to get rich, and I think the what he's saying here is this idea is like, I'm obsessed with increasing my own financial status for my own self-interested reasons. People who focus in on that will fall into temptation. They will begin to act and live in a way that is outside of the way that God wants them to. It's a trap. And they will fall into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Again, I probably don't have to sell you on this idea. You probably know of people that um, have thought about, man, they're obsessed about their wealth, their selves about getting rich, and they they end up in a scheme. And it's a, there's a phrase, the get rich quick scheme. You fall into schemes, they end up being traps. They're traps that are based on your own desires. And because of that, the desire to get wealthy leads you to morally compromise. And in that moral compromise, you end up in ruin and destruction, either, either financially or spiritually, very often with both. So you can plunge into ruin and destruction. Verse 10, four, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Again, this is all actually fairly straightforward if you think about it in context. Man, there are some, there are some teachers out there that are teaching things about a, a different type of gospel, and this gospel is leading them to kind of focus on, hey, if you're godly, you're going to be wealthy. And so then there becomes an obsession that people can have about being wealthy, and Christians need to think about that and say, hey, I am not going to be someone who is obsessed with increasing my own wealth. Because if I think that my wealth is tied to my godliness, then I'll become obsessed with it. But in fact, don't do that, but learn to be content. If you have what you need, be content with that. Learning to be content with where God has you is actually a sign of incredible godliness. Godliness is not signaled by your wealth, but by your contentment. Contentment and godliness, that is where gain is. But if you become obsessed with getting more wealthy, eventually you're going to find yourself in some sort of trap. And that love, that desire, that unhealthy pursuit of more and more is a root of all kinds of evil. It starts with greed, 
It starts with an unhealthy pursuit of money, and then it, then it starts to lead to all sorts of other moral compromises. It can lead to theft. It can lead to um, abusing or hurting other people, taking advantage of people. It can, it can turn, according to verse 10, it's going to take your priorities and your eyes off of God. All of a sudden, God is not a top priority, and we're connecting with him, connecting at church, connecting with others, loving other people well. I have a very self-focus now. And so if I have this mindset of my life is about the pursuit of wealth, then what that ends up being is a root cause. It can be a root cause of a lot of other evil in my life. And you see this in people. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. They thought they were on this great plan to enrich their lives in some way by increasing their wealth. But in fact, it had the opposite effect. They may or may not have increased their wealth, but they did not multiply either their godliness or their happiness. They are now full of griefs and have wandered away from the faith. And so I think there, again, there's a very important lesson here for all of us about perspective. Again, it's not about money in and of itself. Money in and of itself cannot do anything. This is, this is, this is about, I mean, we give a simple definition. This is a simple definition of greed, the unhealthy pursuit of, of, of more, a more mentality, a more mentality versus contentment. And so are you content with where God has you? I am content both in my position, with my level of power, with my amount of influence, with my amount of money. I am content with where God has me. And if in the normal course of my life, I end up with more or less than what I have right now, I am learning to be content in whatever. And so if there is probably a safer, easier way to say this, I mean, I guess we'll say, we'll we'll reconstruct it in a positive way. You want to stay away from all kinds of evil, learn contentment. The opposite of greed is a root of a lot of different types of evil. The unhealthy pursuit of more can get you into all kinds of trouble. And so I think it's important. Again, I just want you to have this mentality. And I did actually get some people sent me some verses that they wanted me to talk about. We're going to look at uh, one of them in our next uh, next uh, episode. If you have some of these, these kind of popular verses that get thrown out a lot, that, you, that kind of become like catchphrases, and you think that you might misunderstand them or other people do, I would love to hear them. You can send them to me at charlie at thegrovechurch.org. I would love to do it. We can keep adding this to this series. I just want us to learn through this, not only just, you know, the, the actual lessons the Bible's trying to teach us, but at the same time, be good, responsible students and studiers of God's word. So as always, thanks for joining us. And if you are local to Northwest Arkansas, we would love to see you on a Sunday morning. You can learn about our Sunday morning services at thegrovechurch.org slash connect. Or if you're not local and you can't join us live on a Sunday, we are streaming our 1030 service every Sunday and you can join us online. So either way, we'd love to see you. We'd love to connect with you in any way that we can. And again, thanks for joining the Grove Church's Cultivate Podcast. Cultivate Podcast.